This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. All right, what's happening? What is happening? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Welcome to BD4, episode 332 of the podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA now, too, on the weekends. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, and MMA on the weekends. Now, the Knicks play tomorrow night, which is Wednesday the 2nd. As I am recording, it's March 1st on a Tuesday. But... The reason I am recording tonight is because we got a little bit of a um, report today. It was a small little article of news regarding Mitchell Robinson that we are going to get into for a couple of minutes tonight. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was going to say something else too. Oh, I was watching the... Um, I've been watching all like the uh, promotion episodes and stuff for this upcoming fight this weekend between Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. And I even got my parents in. Like I was watching it upstairs in the in the family room. And they're now glued to it. My father's been asking me all these questions. My mother's even asking questions. He's like, I want to root for that guy. They're both rooting for Jorge because he's more humble. <laughs> But yeah, I was watching it, and, and I'm like, I'm like, they're turning into big time fans. They're hyped up for it. My dad goes, "What time's the fight?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's probably midnight." He's like, "Oh shit." Um, but I'm so excited. It's fight week. It's officially fight week, and, and we are just a, a few days away now. But um, like I said, I I do want to talk Knicks for this episode, and um, we'll get to it. We'll get right into it. But first, guys, if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to BD4. Uh, we're on many platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, many other listening platforms. If you want to watch the podcast, you can also do that. All right, you can watch the video format of this podcast on YouTube. Just search BD4. BD4. No better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, and we do MMA now to the weekends. We said that. Um, all right, let's head to our first break. Uh, oh yeah, and follow me on Facebook at RJ Carbone if you have not yet, and also if you would like to follow me on Instagram, I'm very active on there at Rob J Carbone. We'll be right back, and then we'll get started. Stay with us. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you 
who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So earlier today, this afternoon, um, you see the report, right? Uh, You see that the Knicks, it was reported, I think, by Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN, talking about, let me just get set up real quick, talking about how Mitchell Robinson and his agency, Wasserman Media Group, them and the Knicks, Mitch's camp and the Knicks are reportedly not close regarding the potential extension. Um, Mitchell Robinson, this season, he's averaging, if you round it off, about eight points and nine rebounds with 0.7 steals per game, 1.6 blocks, 25 minutes, 55 games. But for some perspective, he has been playing better than those numbers say for a good chunk of the season. His last 30 games, he's averaging 10 points, 10 rebounds, 1 steal, 1.6 blocks, 26 minutes per game. So Woj was saying that the Knicks can offer Mitch up to 4 years, $48 million dollars before June 30th. And after that, they can go higher. Listen, I'm going to continue to say it. I like Mitch. I think Mitch has yet to reach his ceiling. He is currently 23 years old. I think he turns uh, 24 in April. And this is a kid who, remember... Came into the league as a raw prospect. Did not play college ball. Basically, right out of high school. He came from off the couch. He's had his ups and downs throughout his career. He's had his ups and downs this season. But you can certainly say that with the way he has played over the last two months or one month's worth of games, that he's turned this season into his best one yet here in year four. That said, I remain consistent with my opinion. I don't want to be paying him too much higher than the minimum here. 
that initial offer, 48 years, I'm sorry, uh, four years, 48 million, is plenty fair to me, that's 12 annually, as a starting point. And if you want to throw a little more money on top of that this summer, fine. But I would go no higher. You know, my ideal contract is is 55 across four. I would go, I would try to stay away from the number 60. I don't want to go towards 60 million if it's a four-year deal. I'm not looking to pay him $15 million annually based off of potential. Now, he does some positive things already. Right, he's already got some great strengths for a big man. Um, he's an elite offensive rebounder. We know that. He is a great rim protector with very sharp instincts. He's a solid pick and roll defender. He can play the drop. He can rotate. He can switch. He's cut down the fouls this season, and he's cutting them down each year. And offensively. He's an extremely efficient role man. He's an excellent lob threat with that leap and that length. And I will even go this far. I'll go as far as to say that with still some upside left in him, in my opinion, in Mitch, there are a ton of big men in this league who he can eventually come very close to, match, or even surpass. In fact, it'd be easier to name the player's the very few select players who Mitch isn't and won't ever become. And that's guys like Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, uh, the Joker, Adebayo, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, Sabonis, Vucevic, uh, and maybe Porzingis if he stays healthy. That's what, seven, eight bigs I just listed? There are 30 NBA teams. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Mitch is the... 8th or ninth best big in, in basketball. There are still some who I didn't list just now who are better than him at the moment. But what I am saying with that list, what I am saying is he's got the upside to at the very least come close to matching those guys, if not better, that we did not list. And specifically, you know, some of the player comps um, who we've compared to Mitch before have been guys like Gobert have been Capella, Robert Williams, who obviously just got his contract, and recently, the recently cut DeAndre uh, Jordan, who, before he was washed, was very good. And those guys, they all locked offense too, like Robinson, right? They lock, they, they, they don't have the offensive package. Right? But, what they've all had in their career, well, we'll get to that in a second. But um, I have down here some of the some of their stats. Um, it wasn't until DeAndre Jordan's sixth season here. It says until he cracked double figures in either points or rebounds. Um, I also looked up Capella. It wasn't until until years three and four where he did that. Gobert the same thing. Robert Williams, he's in year four, same thing. Finally cracking out of it, breaking out. So I think Mitch is very close. This is his fourth season. He's right there. I think he's right on the brink of having that breakout season. And this stretch could, maybe, possibly, hopefully, means that he's going to break out next year. And let's remember, 
for as as much as Mitch lacks an offensive package, a jumper, a post game. This is where I wanted to get to a couple seconds ago. For as much as he lacks all of that, he also lacks a true playmaker and a legitimate offensive system. And we're going to talk more about that when we return. All right? Stay with us. We'll be right back. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. You are listening, maybe watching, BD4. Listening to or watching BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 332 of the podcast. So, as we were saying, Mitchell Robinson, yes, he lacks the offense. He doesn't have much of a package. He doesn't have any offensive package outside of rim running. But, the guys we compared him to just a second ago, where they defer from Mitch is DeAndre Jordan played with CP3 underneath Doc Rivers for the majority of his career and didn't even play with Kyrie later on. Clint Capella, he's played with Chris Paul, James Harden, Trey Young, all three of those guys, pick and roll maestros. Rudy Gobert has Mitchell and he's got Conley and he's playing underneath Quinn Snyder's offense. Robert Williams, yeah, he may not have a point guard, He's got two excellent playmaking wings, and he's playing in a very intricate offense, in my opinion, underneath Yudoka. And I apologize if I pronounce his name incorrectly. Um, so, so, and what has Mish had? Right, he's had Fizdale, he's had Alfred Payton, he's had you know now he's got Tibbs, who's I'm not comparing him to Fizdale, but Tibbs has a very basic playbook offensively to go to go along with with a washed up Kemba Walker and an out-of-position veteran Alec Burks. That's who he's had so far. You know, you watch these Knicks games, he's often setting his picks, and then he's rolling away from the action. Now, that all set, he still has to take some responsibility himself to be more assertive offensively, you know, in order to get past these single-digit scoring efforts. And so I understand that Tibbs' system isn't the most offensive minded in that his his you know he lacks Mitch a true playmaking point guard 
that's holding him back. But at the same time, if he even had, you know, forget the jumper because the free throw numbers indicate that that shit's not ever going to come. Right, he's a traditional big. That's that's gonna be. But if he even had a decent low post game, and I think a perfect player to for for him to to watch some film on would be DeAndre Ayton over in Phoenix. You're talking about a decent low post game. Go watch that dude, and I think Mitchell Robinson will be far better off molding his game with with a low post game. Hell, I mean Jericho Sims the other day. He flashed a pretty nice-looking jump hook. And, you know, I, I hear often that Mitch is restricted, blah, 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 this and that, not allowed to do this. To an extent, sure. But to not to a point where he's not allowed to contribute offensively when he's got the ball in a stationary set. I mean, if Sims did it, I'm sure Robinson is allowed to throw up a hook shot or, or do a couple of post moves if he attempted to. I mean, I don't think there's that much of a, a leash on him. Which, speaking of Sims, I also don't think it's a coincidence that he's getting, you know, that at the same time these reports are leaking about Mitchell Robinson and, and the contract drama, if you want to call it, that Sims, you know, the, the front office is forcing Tibbs to, to run Sims out there. I don't think that's coincidental. Just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but, I mean, this, this guy, this kid Mitch... Something, man. You know, I, I looked this up, did a little research. So over the course of his 213-game career so far, he has attempted 10, just 10 total jump shots for NBA.com, which is a lot. That's a lot more than I thought. I, I thought it was around 4 or 5, but 10 is nothing. You know, you, you take 10, 10 and you divide it by 213, that's, you know, nothing per game, essentially. And he still has other areas to work on, right? The boxing out, which is why his defensive rebounding numbers are more mediocre. Um, he's got to do a better job of, of screening. Uh, and he has to stay healthy. That's that's the most important thing, honestly. Right? That's another thing. He's got to stay healthy. In his rookie season, he played 66 games. Then he played 61. Uh, last season, he played some 31 of the 70-game schedule. Then, this season so far, he's played in 55 of the 61. So that's good. But but you watch him and you see his frame and you see how aggressive and reckless he can play at, at times. Every time this kid falls down and, and he falls down hard at least twice a game, you brace yourself, dude. You brace yourself because it scares the shit out of you. Don't lie. You know, because looking at his bones, man, his legs, how thin he is and how slender. One bad fall and, and you know, that contract that we pay him turns to dust you know you don't ever want to predict that kind of thing but you know given the frame and the injury history he has you do have to think about it and the Knicks kind of back themselves into a corner here when you think about it like we, we didn't so we did not we did not trade him obviously at the trade deadline which means now he's going to be asking for even more money and if we don't pay him that money that he's going to be asking for, we lose him for absolutely nothing as opposed to getting him, you know, getting some assets in return. A couple of draft picks, a young player, a young prospect. Now you lose him for nothing. So, you know, it's the worst case scenario. And it's a very, very likely scenario too. 
and don't you know the signing trade at this point is not going to net you anything. And then he also probably has some more leverage when you think about the Knicks giving that contract to Nerlens Noel. They gave him $27 million for three years. That's $9 million annually. And if I'm Mitch, I'm looking at that. Noel has not done a nice job this year when he's on the court, and he's always hurt this season. He's got an injury that's probably going to last the rest of his career. If I'm Mitch, I'm looking at that, and I'm asking for the bag if I'm Mitch. And the Noel contract's also blocking the Knicks from, from paying Mitch a ton of money. So, you know, I, I honestly think he, he walks. I don't, I don't see him re-signing. I think the Knicks won't go over a certain threshold. And I think Mitch walks. You know, and judging by, by Mitchell Robinson's social media activity, it certainly seems like this kid wants the back. I mean, you look, if you follow him anywhere on social media, the cryptic posts, the stories on Instagram, Snapchat, his TikTok, snapshots of, of his plus minus or whatever. He, he He's posting highlights of, of Plumlee talking about how he likes that team's ball movement, you know, throwing subtle shots at Tibbs in the organization. Uh, he's having Twitter exchanges with other fans in the Knicks, orga- in the, uh, with other Knicks fans out there. And I'm not saying he's right to be playing keyboard warrior with other keyboard warriors, but you all know my thoughts on athletes and social media sensitivity. But what I am saying is, you know, it seems like Mitchell Robinson holds himself, he sees himself very highly. He sees very highly of himself. He he expects big things from himself. After all, Thad Foucher, that's, that's his sixth agent already, man. He's got six agents already he's had. That should say lots right there. He's only played four seasons. So I, I, I wish the very best for this kid. I think he's a very talented player who, if healthy, could have a very solid career. Right, I think he could peek out as a 15-10 and 10 guy who wins a couple Defensive Player of the Year awards. And I think at worst, he is who he's right now. A player with talent, but riddled by injuries and some inconsistencies. So I don't know, man. I don't know what they do. Uh, I think, like I said, my, my opinion for a good time now has been to pay this guy, but be careful how much you pay him. Sounds stupid and simple, right? You could say that with anybody, but like I said, I won't go higher than four years, anywhere from 55 to 59. I don't want to touch that 60 number. I'm not willing to pay him $15 million based off of what I think he can do. I am willing to pay him 55 based off of what I think he can do, but I'm not going to go higher and touch that 60 mark. So I think the initial offer today that we heard 48 across four years, which again is a $12 million AAV. I think that's plenty fair, at least as a starting point until June 30th. And then you want to throw in the extra 6 million, go for it from there. Seven. So yeah, Mitch is a good solid player already with potential to be a really, really good player. Didn't say great, because I, I think great players are all-star potential. But Mitch can be a really good center. A really good one. Up there with Capella, Gobert, 
it's just going to depend on health. And, you know, some of it's going to depend on his supporting cast. Some of it's going to depend on his himself. He's got to put the work in. Try to add some kind of offense. And if that doesn't come, who knows? So there's a lot of question marks here. But that's why I'm willing to pay him that much, and that's it. So we'll see what happens going forward. Also, I, I do want to add that I am very happy and relieved to hear that his father is doing okay. I know it was a little rough there for a few weeks, but uh, he's home. If or I know he was found safe and okay. So that situation is good from what we know. So, yeah, that's it, guys. That's all I've got. Mitchell Robinson today, earlier, again, came out. The report came out saying he and the Knicks were far apart on extension talks. So we'll see where it goes from there. All right. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 332 of the podcast. We're going to head to our final break. When we get back from the break, we'll get to the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. And we'll wrap this thing up. It's a short episode tonight. All right. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey, guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first... I also want to let you know, I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomberbacher blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomberbacher blog. And there you have it.
So for this episode, episode 332, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. True or false? In his all-star season with the Knicks, 2000-2001, Latrell Sprewell also made one of the NBA's all-defensive teams. Alright, so one more time. One more time for those who couldn't catch it. True or false? In his all-star season with the Knicks, 2000-2001, Latrell Sprewell also made one of the NBA's all-defensive teams. Alright? That's your NYY, NYK question. Did it again, guys. That's your NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Knicks-based episode, Knicks-based question. We'll say it one more time for you. True or false, in his all-star season with the Knicks, 2000-2001, Latrell Sprewell also made one of the NBA's all-defensive teams. Alright, so let me know the answer. Wherever you can reach out to me, let me know. Comment section somewhere, DMing me somewhere on any of the platforms. Just let me know the answer. If you get it correct, I will give your handle a shout-out. If you guess and get it incorrect, I'll still let you know what the answer is. Alright, fellas, that's it. That's all I've got. Thank you for tuning in. Again, I am your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 332 of the podcast, BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA, excuse me, now too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. Uh, the Yankees, or the MLB, has officially delayed the start of the season, so that's nice. Money sucks. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'll see you the next episode, which will be 333. We'll be talking Knicks, Sixers. That'll be a fun one, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.